0: this chart, this great big chart. Uh, I've got the verses written elsewhere, but I may want this nearby to look at so that I can cross over. But that same chart is at the back of the room in uh, 8.5 by 11 or by 14 inch so that everybody can have a copy. And those that are on uh, listening via internet, they can uh, ask for this as well. And we can send it PDF Or we can send it in hard copy or Excel. uh, Whichever is best for you. But uh, be sure and get a copy of this because it's easier to follow along and see where I'm going, what verses I'm using. And uh, having the Bible texts is very important. To be able to look back and say where did this come from, where was that in part of the story. Anyway... uh, Today I'm carrying on with this chart right here. It's uh, not much more to do. What I want to cover is just, I want to be sure and talk about the ladies. They were first at the cross, and they were first at the tomb. They were first at the resurrection. Wow. So we want to talk about the, the ladies doing that as well, and their part in it. So we got the, those verses uh, in here today and uh, some of the other things that happened on these individual days in between uh, while, while Jesus was in the tomb and of course immediately following the tomb um, experience and his resurrection. I don't want to go into too much of uh, who ran first and who saw what, but you know it's always interesting, I had to do this when I was in ministerial school to take these very same chapters, very same books and verses, and actually draw a little picture. Where was the tomb? Did they have to duck their head when they went in? Um, Where was the cloths laid? Um, Where was, uh, how how many angels were there? One, two, or more? Um, And uh, where were the guards? You know, you, you draw a little picture of what that book talks about, what Matthew talks about, what is... Mark talk about? What does Luke talk about? Uh, you want those those verses to become alive to you so you kinda know the story in a different way, a visual way, and uh, as well as reading it. And then you're kinda combining those three or four f- stories into one story and you'll find, well, they didn't mention this so on that, you know, Mark didn't mention this or Luke didn't mar- mention that or and you can put the whole story together. And, uh, and understand the, the entirety of it, the the length of it. Uh, we'd call that uh, chronological order of what, what happened. First I want to talk just a teeny bit about people that want to find problems with the story. So they try to discredit the uh, resurrection or his time in the tomb and the evidences that are there. They, they try to discredit something. Well, theory number one is that the eyewitnesses were hallucinating. Well, no, wait a minute. The answer to that is that uh, uh, it would be highly unlikely for, um, or impossible, for 500 people to have the same hallucination. (laughs) When you add up, how many were at the actual crucifixion? And how many saw this or saw that, or after the fact saw this or saw that? How did they all come up with the same hallucination? It's impossible. So um, experts say that that would be a strange thing to happen. Plus people were surprised, and usually hallucinations are not by surprise. Uh, They require expectation, as they put it. Then another theory is that Jesus did not die on the cross. Well, that's pretty ridiculous, too, when you start going down through the lists. Um, if Jesus would have, um, well, the guards, the guards would have failed in their duties. And that is not going to go kindly with, with the authorities above them. Uh, he was supposed to die. They were told to go and break the legs, whatever it takes, to kill these guys so that they would die before the sun went down, so that the bodies could re- be removed. Uh, so it wouldn't be there on the uh, the next day. It was a high day, and they didn't want him on the cross. So the guards were given orders to go and kill those those that were, were crucified. And, uh, of course, you can read the story of, of how they broke the leg so that the other people would die, but Jesus was found already dead. And so just to be sure, they speared Jesus, and water and blood came out. Um, showing that that was a dead body that was there on the cross before they took him down. Uh, so he had already died. Uh, it would be impossible to, to um, have individuals uh, inside the tomb. The tomb was made with uh, uh, if he didn't die on the cross, he got a problem too with the tomb. But the stone was, was a, a wheel type stone that they usually made and they'd have a track for it to ride in, and stand in, and then it could lean against its weight and roll down to the bottom to st- keep the door shut on the tomb. Well, it took about three people to move that stone. So uh, if you were inside, how do you get out? You know, you, do, you don't <laughs> uh, You'd have to have help. So they know all of those things are facts. So uh, it would be impossible for a person to do that they figured that that uh, uh, stone door that would roll was about 2,000 pounds, so an individual wouldn't be able to move it. Then another stery- theory was that the body was stolen away. No, the guards were there. How do you sneak in, roll this big stone away, get the body out, and you know all of this going on, and the guards didn't notice? Well, they were sleeping. Oh no, you don't. If guards were sleeping, they're in a lot of trouble. (laughs) So they could not sleep, would not have been allowed allowed themselves or others to sleep in their presence so that they uh, wouldn't have to be um, accountable for something that didn't happen. And remember when they went and told, the guards went and told what had happened, and the authorities of the church side of this thing, the, the Jews, didn't want them to tell, so they gave them money. To keep quiet, and they said, If anything happens, we'll get you out of the problem. Uh, all of that proves that he was in the tomb, that he was guarded to not being able to be taken away, stolen away, or get out on his own. Uh, that's, that ruins, takes away that theory. Someone uh, went to the wrong tomb was another theory. Ah, oh, now come on. Remember the ladies watched where they took Jesus to the tomb? So they know which tomb it was. Uh, they also uh, um, Joseph of Arimathea and uh, Nicodemus. They did the thing with getting the body and getting it transported and getting it in the tomb, getting it tomb closed. Um, th- they knew where it was. Anybody could ask. And if there was a question as to whether the body was missing, and they wanted to debunk that, all they'd have to do is fetch the body and say, "No, he's he's here. He's 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 dead." You know, the authorities could have done that. So interesting things that don't make any sense when people are trying to debunk or uh, stop the real truth from getting out. Uh, Peter and John wouldn't have run to the wrong place and they didn't have the ladies tell them where it was, they knew where it was. So Peter and John ran there first. So the women didn't make a mistake or anything like that. And that also helps us to prove the three days and three nights because There was a guard there. They knew when he was put in. They knew how many days went by. And so on the three days and three nights are a positive thing. I wrote myself a little note here, happy proofs. (laughs) Uh, It points out um, when Peter was addressing the crowd in Acts chapter 2, verse 22, 23, 24, up to 31, 32, uh, when he was talking to them, uh, he said, That uh, he was in the tomb. Let me me take that quick here in Acts Acts 2. I'm going to do much better by looking at it here. Um, Acts chapter 2 and verse uh, 22 is where it begins telling about this. Ye men of Israel. So he's talking to the people there at Jerusalem right then and there on the spot. Uh, Hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you as ye yourselves know. This is a proof because all of these people had seen this happen, all these things happen. Uh, Him being delivered by a determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God Uh, As he taken, uh, and ye have taken, and by witness wicked hands have uh, crucified and slain. God knew about this, you guys knew about it, and you're witness for your own selves. There's no fault in this story. Uh, Whom God hath raised up. So there he would be lying if God had not raised him up. This has to be true or he's lying. and That that wouldn't go over very good. Having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. Death could not hold him. That's what he's saying. Death couldn't get away with this. Death couldn't hold Jesus. God knows better. God's got a plan. So then he jumps back to David uh, in verse 25 for david seeing speaking concerning him jesus christ i foresaw the lord always before my face for he is uh, on my right hand and i should not be moved therefore did the heart rejoice and my tongue was glad moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope that's the grave itself jesus could rest in hope as well because he was going to be taken out of there and verse 27 because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell so he david in psalms is talking what jesus might be thinking that it's not possible for his soul to be left in hell in the grave neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. That's you know, a prophecy that Jesus won't be totally dissolved, corrupted, and gone. He won't see corruption. Uh, he has to be there for three days and three nights, but he's not going to be corrupted later and go to dust and so on. It's That's not the plan for, of God. In other words, he rose from the grave. Um, Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with my countenance or his presence uh, will be made known. Then he starts with a story that's always a good one to, to remember this place and where it's at. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David that he is both dead and buried. Oh, right. They understood that. What about Jesus now? and his sepulchre is with us unto this day. That's a proof that David lived, David died, his sepulchre is there, his stone is there. You know, that's a proof that he existed. Well, what about Jesus? Therefore, being a prophet, knoweth that God hath sworn with an oath to him that uh, of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he should raise up Christ To sit on his throne there's another proof you can take a a, david is a prophet david is a godly man um, and he's telling you the way it's going to be what god is going to do he's going to raise up christ he's going to come up from the dead he's going to raise him up and he's going to sit on a throne you don't do that if you're dead he went to heaven and sat beside the right right hand of the heavenly father but he's also going to rule here on earth later So that throne of David is David's family line. You look at that in Matthew, first part of Matthew. um, The family line of David. This is the one. This is the true Messiah. So verse 31, he seeing this before, that's what David was seeing, before speak of the resurrection of Christ. There's the proof. That's what what, uh, David was thinking of and speaking of that his soul was not left in hell, in the grave, neither his flesh did see corruption. He wasn't in there long enough to have corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, wherefore we all are witnesses. You've got all of these people that were hearing him speak, and the 500, that's talked, talked about in the first part of the book of Acts, 500 people, the 12, you can go on and on. How many people knew this story and could tell a proof that it was real? And I always like to go down to verse 34, and David is not ascended into heaven. Some people want to say, as soon as you die, you go straight to heaven. Uh, Whoops, David didn't get to go. (laughs) It's not the right timing, right? David is waiting in the grave, just like a lot of uh, the blessed people of the Old Testament. Look at the book of Hebrews. Then you got the answer of a lot of people that are waiting for the resurrection time to happen for them. So this, by reading those verses, you can debunk the idea that anything went wrong. Uh, They sealed; they put a seal of of wax and a a ring from an important person. You know, put the seal on there, and if anybody broke that seal, he'd be in a lot of trouble. So uh, no, it 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 was very true that this was a proper. A thing to follow and it was was real. So I want to go now to uh, I'm going to be glancing through the scriptures and telling the story. So for, first let's go to Luke chapter 23. Luke 23. If you've got that um, chart yet from last week That'll do as well as also It'll be helpful. Okay. Luke 23, and I want to go to 46. Verse 46. And 46 and 47 only for the time being. We'll come back. 46 says And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, saying, Father, Into thy hands I commend my spirit. Having thus said, he gave up the ghost. And a centurion said, Whoa, he was a righteous man. I'm putting that in my own words. So we need to read these things and let it sink in. And all the people together, uh, they were there, they could see this thing happen, they could hear the things that were happening, they smote their breast. Wow. What's happened here? What's going on? So they're witnesses to this. And then it talks about the women that followed from Galilee. So they were long-time knowledge of Jesus. They knew what was going on. They knew who he was and so on. So uh, uh, I don't want to jump too far ahead here. I guess I could keep going here down to 56. It won't won't hurt things here. Okay. Um, Joseph... Um, there's a man named Joseph, uh, a a counselor, and he was a good man and a just person, just man. And then there's uh, Joseph of Arimathea, as mentioned in 51. That's his country that he came from, and that becomes part of his name in a way. Um, But he came uh, to Pilate in verse 52, and he begged, or required, asked if he was able to have the body of Jesus so that he wouldn't be thrown over the hill. That's what they would do with people that died on a cross. But he asked if he could have Jesus. And evidently this was supposed to be a relative or he could not make this request. Wow. Okay, family line of David and of Jesus. So he took him down from the cross, wrapped him in linen and laid him in the sepulcher, which is hewn out of stone, wherein never man before had laid. So nobody else had been in that grave before, just this one. Jesus was going into that grave. And that day was the preparation day for the Sabbath, as the Sabbath drew on. And the women also were there, and they watched, saw what happened, followed after, and beheld where the sepulcher was, and where the body was laid. And then they returned and prepared spices and anointment, ointments, Um, and rested on the sabbath day according to the commandment now which sabbath could have been either one but you know that they couldn't buy spices on the sabbath well here the sun was going down already we're going to get even closer with another another verse but the sabbath is going down they had no time to go and buy spices and you don't start doing this before the person dies so here you are at the end of this day and they're putting him in the grave and now there's no time for the spices. So they had to wait for the annual Sabbath, the high day Sabbath. Then they could buy the spices. Then they would have to prepare it. You know, it, it moves on down. That's why it was Saturday afternoon before they got done with being ready. You know, they had to do the preparation day, uh, Thursday, Friday. They could then cook the spices right. Brew up the tea, kind of thing, and, and put it in containers so they could put it in cloths and wrap the body later or pour it onto the body. But time was passing. But that's okay. We'll, we'll get there. They're, they're, uh, they're going to come to the tomb with the spices. Okay, let's go uh, a little further. Let's go to Matthew 27. Matthew 27. And verse 50 to verse 66 King okay, verse 50 27 verse 50. 27 yep down here's verse 50. And Jesus, when he had cried, he yielded up the ghost, and the veil in the temple was torn. Now you see if you didn't read this, you'd have missed this part of the story to put it in chronological order. When did the veil in the temple tear? Well, this is it. When he cried and he yielded up the ghost and the veil in the temple was torn in twain from top to bottom. The other way around might have been easier because this was very, very thick cloth and no way he could tear it by man. They said you'd have to have two team of oxen pulling opposite directions to uh, tear this veil. And it was torn. And there was an earthquake and the rocks were rent. This is all things that need to be set. What order did they come in? Because the others don't even mention the, uh, the rocks and the, uh, and the earthquake. But this is here in Matthew. So you want to be sure and know what to, chronological order. And then the graves, some graves were open, and people came out in verse 52. Um, they came out of the graves in 53 as well, the conversation. It went into the city, people saw them, they appeared to many. So this is all a witness that all of this is happening by God's doing. Then uh, the centurion said, uh, was yeah, yeah, he, what I wanted to get is the last words, truly this was the Son of God. This is a witness, a testimony by a bystander. He wasn't necessarily Jewish, probably wasn't, but he was one of the soldiers and he said truly this was the Son of God. So you need to keep that in the record as well as somebody's proof. Uh, Then it mentions the women in 55, but they stayed back, but they could see from where they were. And then it names who they were—the three ladies. And I'll I'll just try to keep going here. And it's in 56, 57. When even was come, it's going to start getting dark, and sun was going to go down. Even was come. Uh, there came a the rich man, from Arimathea, named Joseph. Joseph of Arimathea is usually the way it's worded. And he came and went to Pilate. We've already read about that, that he asked for the body. He was given authority to take it. And he wrapped it. He put it in the new tomb in verse 60. Uh, 61, Mary and the other ladies were there to see uh, what was happening. 62 is important. Now the next day that followed the day, was the preparation and the chief priests and Pharisees came t- together to Pilate. So this is giving you when the next day is what it's called and the preparation, so on. Uh, in 63 they came to him and they said, uh, you know what this guy said and they call him a deceiver. you notice that? He called Jesus a deceiver that while he was yet alive after three days he will rise again. We've got to make sure that that is one way or the other. You want proof. God is good at these things too. Uh, command therefore, they're begging Pilate to do this. Command therefore that the sepulcher be made sure, another secure, sealed. So nothing goes wrong. Until the third day. Don't let anything happen until the third day. Well, this is already into the part of this day that's coming on because the night is coming and so on. Lest the disciples come by night and steal them away. That's why some other people say that. That's that's what's happened. No, 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 it can't. I just told you about that. It's impossible for that to happen. But here they the they're begging that that won't happen. Make proof that it won't happen. And say unto the people that he is risen from the dead. That would be a lie. But the believers that were following Jesus, they might do that. These guys are going to be careful. They're going to say that he was risen from the dead, and so that the last heir shall be worse than the first. So, Pilate, please help us that that'll never happen. Verse 65, Pilate again said unto them, You have a watch. That means a certain number of men are given to him to watch the tomb and to make sure that nothing goes astray. Go your way and make it the tomb and the area as sure as you can. So they went and made the sepulchre sure and sealed it, sealing the stone and setting the watch. Can't go wrong there. It's all fixed up, all solid for you. Okay. Then I want to go to um, uh, the actions. i have talked about that already, the women watching. So, the next one I would like to jump to is John 19. John chapter 19. And verse 31. Uh, 19 verse 31. And this is the yearly Sabbath. It could go all the way down to 37. So,. Um, Probably want you to do some reading at, at home as well, but let's take a go at it. John chapter nineteen verse thirty one. The Jews, therefore, because of because it was the preparation preparation for the high day Sabbath, he would say, that the body should not remain on the bodies should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath, for the Sabbath was an high day that's not my words that's what the bible says okay that was the high sabbath annual sabbath Uh, besought pilate that their legs should be broken so some of these words you're catching from one place and not in another so they went there to break the legs and they saw that jesus was already dead in verse 33 that's right out of the scripture that he was already dead And so when they came, they pierced him in his side and the blood and water came out in verse 34, verse 35. uh, They didn't have to break his bones because of that, but that's from prophecy, that not a bone would be broken. Um, Then, uh, uh, yeah, bottom of verse 36, that a bone should not be broken pertaining to Jesus. So that's another proof that he is the Messiah and that that didn't happen. To spoil things. Uh, And then in the prophecy that's being quoted here. Again another scripture saith. He shall look. They. They shall look on him whom they pierced. So the piercing in the side of Jesus' body was planned. Way back when when the prophecy was said. That's a proof. That he is dead. They speared him. Nothing happened. He didn't jump, jiggle, or nothing. And blood and water came out, which is pertaining to a death as well when the body collects the blood near the middle of the body and the water and so on that's there. And and a miracle for it to come out that way. Then you've got Joseph of Arimathea again being told. And he was secret, he came secretly because he was afraid of the Jews. But he asked for the body. That's in verse 38 and 39. Uh, Nicodemus helps out. So that's where Nicodemus's name comes in. He helps out. And uh, th- then you go down to, uh, they took the body in verse 40, and with some spices that they had along, and in 41, uh, now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. In the garden there was a sepulcher, wherein never laid yet, uh, a man had yet laid. So it's a special tomb that had not been tampered with or uh, made second-hand. It was first-hand. Uh, There laid the Jesus, Uh, therefore, because of the Jews' preparation day, got that second time then, that that said, for the sepulchre was nigh at hand. They had to hurry this up, get there quickly, put the body in that tomb, get it sealed, get it closed. Uh, Everything had to be done before the sun went down. Why is that important? 72 hours later, three days and three nights. Is it morning? Is it Sunday morning? No. It's not. It's going to be in the evening, afternoon of whatever day it is. When you count the three days and three nights, it's in the afternoon. Saturday afternoon. We'll find some more verses as we go. Okay, we want to go uh, uh, going all the way down to 42. That's good. Okay. Then I want to go back to Matthew 27. Uh, We've already covered that, actually. So I want to just remind you that that this is following up, that these things are lining up, pieces are matching. So in 27, the watch was set, the tomb was sealed. And the second time, this is just just reminding us that that was happening. Um, Oh, I thought it was right there. Uh, I want one verse before this. So hang on to the spot. I'm going to go to Mark 16 first. Mark 16 verse 1. Mark 16 verse 1. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome had brought sweet spices, and they might come, that they might come, and anoint Jesus, says him. Very early in the morning. Some of these things are going to be interesting as to how you place it. Whether the women took the spices there Saturday afternoon, but why are they back again in the morning? It's because if you had some miracle like this happen, some extreme excitement, would you go again a second time? Would you say, uh, maybe we should go back. Maybe maybe we missed seeing the body. Maybe something... You know, so don't, don't worry about that part about it. Just if it was early in the morning, don't worry. Because we're going to find out what was happening actually in the morning. Yeah, when did he leave? When was he there? Was he not? So here they came at the rising of the sun to the sepulcher. So some say, see, see Sunday morning. We should have Sunday morning sunrise program or something. And they said amongst themselves, Who shall roll away the stone? In verse 3, in verse 4, they're still talking about the stone because it was very great. And 5, and entered into the sepulchre and they saw a young man sitting at the right hand and the cloth laying and so on. And they were afraid Um, something else is happening here. They're ready to put the spices on, right? And he saith unto them, Be not afraid. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where he laid. Boy, that's as plain as anything. The women were maybe somewhat confused as to, should we go back and take the spices with us? Should we do this? But when they actually got a chance to look, the angel says, he's he's gone. He's not here. And this young little girl with the wings on the back, you know. Oh no, it says it was a young man, sorry. (laughs) Sometimes these verses can be slid over and you miss the fact angels don't have wings. Angels are not female. (laughs) They're mostly soldiers, battle people, warriors. Um, Anyway, uh, catch those little things here and there as you go along because they'll make the story even more interesting to you. So, uh, let's see, follow my my list here. Uh, I'm down in Mark 1, and then we went uh, on to uh, further down in Mark. Uh, 1 to 6 is really as far as I needed to go, so that's fine. I'm I'm there. So, let's go back to uh, Luke 23. Go back to, or go to Luke 23. Hang on to this Matthew yet. I'm going to get there. Why didn't I read more in Matthew? I think I need to. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. Okay, Luke 23 first. Okay, Luke 23. And we want verse 56. 23, 56. This is talking again about the women in verse 55. And they returned and prepared spices and anointment and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. So go back and find out the Sabbath day and who, what all was happening there. And they were resting a the day. They couldn't buy the spices before he was dead, but they found that they could buy the spices and prepare them, um, brew them, so and get the liquid out of the spices. And then they rested for the Sabbath day. It's a weekly Sabbath, not the other Sabbath. They didn't have time to buy the spices and prepare them. So, this Sabbath day is the weekly Sabbath according to the commandment of the Ten Commandments. Okay, just good to have that in as one of the um, chronological order ideas. Okay, then we go to Matthew 28. I knew I needed to be sure and get that in there. Matthew 28. Matthew's always a mathematician type guy, he did accounting, bookkeeping. Verse 1. In the end of the Sabbath. So the women have done their thing, right? The end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Marys. That, that's, that's why this is here. But now, this says in the end of the Sabbath. So people say, oh, when does the Sabbath end? Well, in our terms, they start trying to think, at midnight? No. They didn't have a wristwatch. They didn't have pocket watches. They didn't have cuckoo clocks. They None of that works. The Sabbath ends when the sun is going down. So that's what it's saying here. In the end of the Sabbath, the sun was going down. And then it says the dawn. Dawn means to begin something. The dawn of the age of whatever. um, Computer age or (laughs) whatever you'd want to say. It's the beginning of something. So the beginning towards the first day of the week. Well, when does that happen? When does the first day of the week begin? Saturday afternoon when the sun goes down. All of a sudden it all fits. It all works. See? So um, when the sun was setting and the sun had not gone completely down or was just going to be down, uh, that starts the first day of the week. In the Hebrew it actually does use the word week. The end of the week and the beginning of the week is Saturday afternoon at sundown. That's okay. We, we're, we're still there. There's no problem at all. Okay, so let's keep going on here. Uh, And behold, there was a great earthquake. This seems to be a second one. Remember the one when Jesus was on the cross. Okay. But an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone uh, from the door and sat on it. So when you're drawing these pictures, you'd have the stone rolled back, you'd have the angel sitting on the stone, okay. These are all things to keep, kind of put things in chronological order. But it also lets you see that uh, there was three stories, if not more. uh, Four stories that you're trying to put together. What they saw, what they heard. His countenance was like the lightning, and the raiment was white as snow. For the fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. Oh, boy. They're dropping their guard. But they were there when this angel came. So when they went back to tell the story, guess what? They're going to tell about this too. That's why they were paid off. Don't tell that story, and we'll give you a lot of money. Verse 5 And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not, for I know that ye seek Jesus who was crucified. I know why you're here. I know what you're looking for, and you're looking for Jesus. That's who you're looking for. He is not here. Saturday afternoon, when the sun was setting, before Sunday started. He says, "I know why you're here," and he's not here. He's gone. He's crucified. And so, in verse six, he is not here. He is risen, and as he said, "Come and see the place where the Lord lay," and go quickly and tell the disciples that he has risen. Is risen from the dead. That's the key punchline in this whole thing, that he has risen from the dead. It goes before you to Galilee, and he's going to meet you there. And verse 8, And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy, and did run to bring the disciples' word. They were running to be able to see that the message got quickly delivered, and then it starts to... In verse nine, where Jesus uh, speaks to them, uh, and as they went um, to tell the disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, "All hail!" That's in red letters, because that's Jesus speaking. And they worshipped him there for a moment or two, and Jesus said, uh, "Be not afraid. Go and tell my brethren that they go uh, in, that that they go into Galilee, and there." shall they see me. They're going to see him after his death and resurrection. Go there first. You'll see him. Then the story of the money deal and the soldiers is next, from verse 11 to 15, that they said, don't don't tell that story. We'll give you money. And if you get in trouble, we'll we'll see to it that it doesn't come against you. And then verse 16 moves on pretty quickly to Galilee. And Jesus giving the, the command to the disciples to go to the whole world and to teach all the nations and to baptize people and so on. So one thing left for here is in John 20, 1 through 6, it says, it talks about the napkin folded and Jesus was not there. He was risen. In Luke 24, 1 through 8, Jesus is risen. He's not there. In Mark 16, 1 through 6, Jesus is not there. He's risen. Matthew 28, he's risen. Saturday afternoon when the sun was going down, he's risen. Wow. Then when the Roman soldiers uh, watch, of course I told you about that already where it is and so on. Um, But from the day that the watch was set, three days and three nights, that's when you have the the uh, people walking to uh, on the road of Emmaus and they said don't Jesus don't you know they didn't know it was Jesus said don't you know it's been three days since all of this happened last thing was, was setting the watch right so from that day three days would take you into this Sunday when they were walking the guard or whatever it's not. Some people try to make that as being the um, just three days and they're trying to get from Friday to Sunday. Uh, it gets really confusing because there is no such thing as three days and three nights from Friday till Sunday. In fact, some of the governments got involved too. in Canada we had we had a, a good Friday. How can it be a Good Friday if that's when Jesus died? Wow. And then we had. Uh, Sunday was also a holiday, uh, Sunday and Monday were holidays for the, for the whole country because they're trying to move this around of the three days and three nights and, and uh, trying to get the story confused. If you just take it and put it chronologically in order you'll, you'll see it, it works just fine. Uh, in my closing verses here I want to go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 and verse 22. 2, 22. I mentioned this already, but I want to just confirm it with you again. 22 through here, that when the story is being told about Jesus, um, came to pass, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a very, very important thought in verse 21 there the if we know of jesus if we realize who he is and, and uh, that he's the son of god that he died for our sins believe in him that way we'll be saved verse 20, 22 ye men of israel hear these words uh, jesus of nazareth a man approved of god among you by miracles and wonders and signs which god did by by him, in the midst of you all, ye are your, yourselves also known. You are witnesses on this story. That's what he's saying to you. You know better. You know this is a true thing. And, and you are the witnesses, not the disciples. You are the witnesses. He couldn't be wrong. And then 24, God hath raised up and loosed the pains of death. He's, he's been risen from the grave. Jesus has been raised from the grave, and we have that in us. We can trust and be assured of that, that that was happening. Um, I read this, so I don't want to labor it too much, but he's talking again about David and uh, Jesus' resurrection again in verse 31 and 32. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses, all of us, those that were there in front of him and the disciples, so on, The ladies all were witnesses of this fact uh, that Jesus raised from the dead and he is our savior. May God bless you.